What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're back again with New York City Meets Bama. I'm your host, Chris Merriman. I'm your host, Katerina Fink. What all did we have going this week? I am starting a new morning routine. I'm reading this book. It's something Thrive. I don't remember. Have you heard of that Is it book? about your flow and stuff again? Or? No, no, no. Right. This is about, like... Having just good practices in your life that are very little, but then they create larger results. So it's not like the millionaire morning routine where you like got to wake up exactly no, when no, your alarm no, clock no. goes off, fully clothed, jump into an ice bath, and then start your day? No, no, no. This one's more like, okay, add five minutes earlier to your alarm clock, and then eventually you'll get to the time that you want to wake up every morning. Not like waking up at 10 now and then, oh, wake up at 5. Cool. So it's just the little things. And then a night routine. I want to practice that tonight. What does that mean? We eat oatmeal at night? No. <laughs> we turn off our phones or like put it on do not disturb 30 minutes before we go to bed. And we put it across the room. Usually you put it outside the room, but I use it as my alarm. So we're going to put it across our room. And then this way we can use it. And well, we can have it. <laughs> Across the room as an alarm. This is going to go well. <laughs> and then not be on it. And then maybe we can read a book or something or have a conversation instead of watching Suits. <laughs> no, we can finish Suits and then adopt all these theories. Why? <laughs> because I want to finish it. It's awesome. We have like five series left. It's a sacrifice. I'm willing to make it. What's new with you, Christopher? Oh. I started eating Chick-fil-A again, which is bad. I haven't yeah. been to the gym. I've been doing a lot. No excuses. No excuses. Yeah, I just heard your dad's voice say no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> you should come to the gym with me. Yeah, no, I wanted to, but I was up at 6 a.m. somewhere else, remember? Mm-hmm. It's no fun. It was thundering this morning. Oh, I've also had a lot of car issues this week. Literally, I had a flat tire yesterday, and then today, the car felt like it was going to break down. I don't know what that was, but it resolved as soon as we got there. So, yeah, we're about to have a puppy. <gasps> I'm so excited, but I'm also really nervous because I have never had a responsibility like that in my life. So, it's a puppy. Do you know what type of dog we're getting? Apparently, they whine a lot and want your attention. Yes, I have a cat as well. Ha <laughs> ha You're so funny. <laughs> You're more of a child than I am. No. no. Says the person that can't make their coffee in the That's morning. That's <laughs> Get up. <laughs> he literally will wake me up to get him coffee in bed. It's well worth it. So are you excited for our guest today? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm ready to see old Keith. Old Keith. Old Keith. <laughs> so I've known Keith forever since I was a little kid. He works with my dad and Keith also has his own business, so that's what we're going to dive into today. But I'm excited. We'll see what all he teaches us. I know. We all know being an entrepreneur is hard. It comes with lots of mental challenges and confidence struggles. For me, I dealt with imposter syndrome and found that talking to someone has helped me find myself and strengthen my confidence. It can be difficult to navigate it on your own. Now, because of professional therapists, you don't have to. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. No matter where you are, you can talk to a professional therapist that fits your unique needs and an affordable cost. Just fill out a few questions and BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in just days. Put yourself first and use BetterHelp services today and you will receive 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Use the link in the description below this show. You deserve to be happy too. Use the link betterhelp.com slash NYC meets Bama. Again, betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash NYC meets Bama. BetterHelp wants all of you to be as successful as possible and help you reach your fullest potential. Connect with the therapist today. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Chris Merriman, New York City meets Bama. We are back again with today's guest, Keith Mills. What's up? <laughs> Keith, you're inside the Orlando area still, right? Yes, sir. All right. Keith is a premier builder there and remodeler inside the Orlando area. 
Would you say it's for luxury clients only? I wouldn't say only. I definitely focus in that area. It's something I've been doing since whenever I stopped working for other people, which was back in 2008, 2009. So when I got laid off on that financial crisis was going on. <laughs> At that point, I was building brand new custom homes. Uh, since then, it's just an, an area that I've gravitated towards. So most of my clients are usually, I'd say, middle income to upper income, just because that's the style and the, the contractors that we use. So it fits with that even better. So I'm the kind of people that I like yeah. to do stuff where we get to do fun stuff. All right. What got you into the renovation stuff originally, you know, pre the financial crash? Or is that what started? It was the financial crash. That was what started it then because whenever that happened, I'd been building new homes. And the challenge was at that point, no one was building anything new. I had to start going ahead and reimagining what we could go ahead and do. And whenever I did that, you know, some of the people I'd built homes for had beautiful homes, but they were going to be stuck in them. So because of the fact that they couldn't get out of it at that point, their property values had dropped too much. And they wanted to make it even more what they really wanted out of the house. So I got a lot of people calling me for renovations, additions onto their houses and things like that. So it just kind of morphed into what it did. And I stepped it into that level. It's one of the areas as like in Central Florida and for a lot of builders, people who build new stuff don't like to go ahead and build so or do renovations. They just rather do the new stuff. It's actually a lot of times it's easier. It's cleaner. So and uh, you can get in, you can get out faster. So when you're doing renovations, especially when you're doing the big renovations, that ends up being a challenge. You really have to know what you're doing. You're always going to find surprises every day. I mean, Chris, you know that being a real estate investor, I mean, every day is an adventure if you're going ahead and doing something in a house. So it's the same way when you're renovating. All right. So you primarily are doing renovations down there, but they're normally high-end renovations. Normally high-end. So we do some new construction stuff too. So and that's an act- actually, that's this year's goal is to expand further into that market. I've got multiple people lined up that are going ahead and um, we're going through the design process right now in their houses. So and those will be custom houses is what they'll be. So multi-million dollar homes there. So it's fun. So yeah. it keeps me, like I said, the one thing I love about this whole industry is it's different every day. And that's the piece <laughs> that I love about it. So it's never the same day twice. Yeah, I get way too bored, way too fast. So if you're dealing with the same thing every day. That's it. And with you being so strong into the construction field from remodeling and new construction, is there another leap that you'll eventually go into doing rehabs and fix and flips for yourself or anything? Or are you holding off to that until the market changes or what thoughts? You I, I've there? done been doing that and done that. So for years, um, it's such something I just haven't done as much of lately. Uh, right now with the way it is in Florida and the way it is in a lot of hot markets. So for those renovations to go ahead and get the fix and flips and go ahead and actually make money on it, you're competing against people that the contractors that I use are not your typical fix and flip contractors because of the fact that they've been doing this a long time. They charge a premium, though, and that means you've got to be in the luxury end to be able to make money with the guys that I've got. So which creates a, a different balance is what it does. So because I usually don't step into that area when I'm doing the fix and flips, that's usually starter rooms. So that's where we typically stick when we do that kind of thing. Got it. All right. And what's the difference, though? Because a lot of people will be interested in that, whether they're in real estate investing or your line of work there. How do you find those luxury or high-end contractors and stuff? Is it Are they normally the guys with good Google reviews and stuff, or are they still the undercover guys that maybe have a magnet stuck to their truck? Actually, they're not even that. Out of all the guys that show up on my side, so I'm thinking right now in my head, I'm running through. I think actually the plumbers don't even do it anymore. They used to have a branded truck. Everybody that pretty much shows up on my sites, there's no branding on their vehicles at all. So, And it's because they've been doing this for so long, they don't need to market. So they've got people that call them. And that's really, that's where the challenge comes in for someone who's coming into this industry is finding those kinds of people. Because if you go to find the Google people, you might find some good ones in there amongst everybody else. It's possible. There's no question. My guys have been developed over years through relationships that I've got with other builders. You know, if I need somebody to bring somebody in, I reach out to them. And that means they've already been vetted. Those guys, you know, they've already had them in their houses. They've done great work. And to me, that's hugely important because I don't have the time to go ahead and train them. If I have to train them, they're not the right person for my project. There's no question about it. Exactly, yeah. It's like this morning, I spent two hours at a gas station training my assistant to stand there and meet and greet contractors at the door. It's the only gas station in like six (laughs) miles that has a deli. And there's three Mexican restaurants Uh, around it. I was like, this is the one. Yeah, We got 33 new contractor contacts today, though, from plumbers, electricians, sheetrockers, roofers. Like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Not saying they're all luxury grade, but we'll (laughs) filter through them. Well, and that's one of the things I tell people all the time whenever they're getting into this, especially if they're real estate investors. 
going to something like that. So the convenience stores in the morning, the Home Depots and the Lowe's and things like that. Yeah. And even better if you go to some of the different lumber yards and things like if you're looking for framers. So reach out to the suppliers. That's one of the best places to go ahead and actually get contractors because they're used to dealing with them. They know whether these guys are organized, whether they pay their bills, so whether they show up, what kind of work they do. So that's, that's one of the things that I'll do. Like a lot of, I've gone ahead and replaced people over the years and I've always reached out to my suppliers. I'm like, who do you know that, that does this, that does a good job? And they know what I expect too, which is key because they know the level that I want. So, and that goes, again, that screening's great. So whenever they're doing it for you. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of these contractors aren't good at business, so they're not good at marketing, right? They're not going to have Google reviews right. and have it all structured. They're not going to have a exactly. website. That means somebody was also good at the business side or hired a company. A lot of these guys are only good at the construction side, which is all you really care about. It's just your job that's, to go that's find. That's all I ever worry about. Yep. Yeah, if they can say <laughs> that is, it's one of the biggest things you find in this industry for sure is the guys that do really good work. A lot of them are not really good business people. And it's unfortunate for them because there's such a demand for good guys. And the challenge is so many will get into it and then have to get out of the business because they just can't run a business and end up going back to work for someone else. It's, I don't know how many of my subcontractors I've worked with over the years just making sure. I mean, they'll turn in bids and, and I'll look at them like, while I appreciate the low price and I would be happy to take it, the challenge is if you keep charging this lower price, you're not going to be around. And that doesn't help me out at all. doesn't help my homeowners out at all and definitely doesn't help you out. You know, and I give them some advice and go ahead and help them structure things in a more effective manner. So, cause that's, to me, that's the key. I've got to have you have a sustainable business. So if I'm going to be using you, because I always, I take care of my homeowners. We have a 10 year builder's warranty down here and only think structural. So I'm going to have to go back if anything happens. I want to make sure that my team is able to go back with me and I don't have to find somebody else. Cause if it's something that they did incorrectly, they fix it for free. Whereas if I've got to find somebody else to fix it, now I'm out of pocket even more. And that's not a good thing. Oh, sweet home Alabama. I think we got like a two-year mark on it. <laughs> you don't have that there, Chris, is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah. That's rough, man. I'd be worried about it all the time. Yeah, I guess everything would cost three times as much then. Yep. And it's only the structural stuff, but that, we give the same thing. We give a two-year warranty on all of our, basically all of our finishes. And that's on the labor side, so that, that's not on the manufacturer side. Manufacturers have their own warranties on everything. Actually, that brings up, for all of your people so that are listening to this, if you're a real estate investor or you're a homeowner, these are great tips. So if you end up going ahead and you say, like, and I'll use, like, mowing is one of the fixtures that we use a lot as far as plumbing fixtures go. And they're like, they're warrantied for life. While the fixture is warrantied for life, they were like, if the finish goes bad, they will send you a new faucet. There's no question about it. They don't fight. They send you a new faucet. What they don't send you is the plumber to put the faucet in. So either you've <laughs> got to put the faucet in or you've got to pay for the plumber to put the faucet in. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions that happens. They're like, they come back to me and they're like, hey, you're going to go ahead and cover this. I'm like, hey, we got you the faucet. So my plumber will cost $195 an hour. When would you like? And that's literally yeah, what ends exactly. up. And that's the part that people that no one realizes how that all works together. So as far as the industry goes, they hear it's warrantied. Well, it is, so, but the labor isn't. Yeah, the word warranty just makes you go, okay, yeah, we're covered. But until something that, actually happens, you realize, oh, yeah, we're only part yeah, of covered. Always think, have, have you guys know the movie Tommy Boy? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a, the guaranteed piece of in the box. So that's what it comes down <laughs> to. So And that's literally it sometimes. It's like, hey, you know, it's guaranteed, but that doesn't mean it's going to stick and last for a long time. That means they will take care of it, hopefully. So. Yeah. And with all your subs and stuff, um, making sure that they have their adequate licenses and, and insurance, is that something you cross-check back to the city or just make sure that they've got it physical with them on the project and things like that? Because they, Whenever they start my jobs, one of the big things we start out with is they go ahead and they have to send me copies of their workers' comp and their general liability. And that comes straight from their insurance companies is who that comes from because I don't want it coming from them. Um, I want it coming from the insurance company that's covering them. And then they have to add on for us and for homeowners. You want to do this too, if you're ever having work done. So is there's a piece called an additional insured certification that goes on those certificates. And literally what it does then is it the, in my case, it names my company. So on there as an additional insured, then if anything happens, so when it comes back, they're going to go ahead and take care of my company, which will take care of my homeowner because my contracts are obviously written with the homeowner, but that's what they do. So that makes sure that I am specifically called out in that phase. And there's, it's always one of the times I had one of my subcontractors send me over their thing and they sent it to me themselves. And I'm like, that doesn't work. But whenever they sent it over, I could tell it was somebody else's thing because that had been whited out and my name had been typed in. So it was one, and the fonts oh, yeah. were different. It was one of those obvious things. So it's like, I'm like, are you serious? So that's, I reached back out. I'm like, Guys, I need it from the insurance company to have this on there. And they were thinking that, hey, they had the insurance. They actually did have the insurance. They just didn't want to bother their insurance company with getting that piece changed over. And all the insurance companies do it for free. 
Well, I'll take it back. Right. My insurance company does it for free. I don't know what all the insurance companies do. But the amount that I pay in insurance, they better do a lot more things for free. But. Yes. So with most of your subcontractors, if you're going to use them more than once, probably, you're going to get added as an additional insured or before they step foot on the project, you're trying to get added as an additional insured because I know before. that takes a lot of the headache and pain off of your insurance company is too because it's mm-hmm. putting a lot of the risk on their side because they're the ones doing the work. Correct. And that it's one of the keys for that piece because the fact my insurance company, I get audited every year. So they reach out to me to go ahead and do an audit and they come out and actually check all the insurances. So they do multiple other things that go with that too. But yeah, they're actually looking at all of those pieces. I've got to have that. So anyone for us, anything over $600, they get paid more than $600 in a year with me to any company. I've got to have all that insurance backing it up. Got it. So if you're issuing a W-9 for a 1099, then you're also getting added as an additional assured on their policy. Mm-hmm. No question about it. And for us, then one of the big things down here, and it's one of the things people don't really realize, if they're a company, meaning they're incorporated, we don't have to actually, or even in the LLCs, so we don't have to go ahead and issue them 1099s. So I typically do anyways, mainly because of the fact that I like to remind my guys how much money they make from me every year. That's called <laughs> leverage, folks. <laughs> Just that quick reminder. Uh, so I go ahead and do it anyways, but you don't have to whenever they're a company like that, because then the IRS assumes that they're going ahead and taking care of everything in, in the right and legal way, and I don't have to 1099 them. And I think every one of my guys so have their own entity. They're either an LLC or a corporation. Got it. All right. Yeah, that's a huge thing for guys always worried about their insurance stuff. And that's the proper way. There's also insurance companies that'll issue ghost policies, but they normally will only send them to the client. They won't send them out to yeah. uh, individuals. So the client then has sent it to you. And a ghost policy is simply a policy that says it's covered, but once you actually get to the back end of it, it's not. There's nothing there. No. It's yeah. a ghost and policy. That's- for me it's one of those big things too whenever they go and issue the policies this is a warning for contractors so whenever they get their policies read your insurance and actually even homeowners for any kind of insurance you get whether it's homeowners insurance on your own property your rental properties so even if your auto insurance read what the heck's covered there's so many times where people come to me and i'll take a look at them like oh you're missing x y and z and this is your actual business and they didn't cover you for what you told them you do so get that change because it doesn't help you. It doesn't do anything for you. My Even whenever I got my first policy, that was one of the things. I told them exactly what I did, that I oversee projects. Every once in a while, we'll do a little bit of work, but it's just minor stuff, punch out things and things like that. But I said, make sure that's covered in there. They sent it over. None of that stuff was covered. I'm like, seriously, what's the policy for? So I go ahead and pay. At that point, it was like seven or eight grand a year. I'm like, I pay you seven or eight grand and I get nothing. Literally nothing is what it would have come down to. Yeah, and for any contractors that are watching this right now, if these guys, if you're not getting an audit yearly the same way Keith is, that you're likely not covered because things change constantly, other pieces. And, and when they do that yearly audit, they will make sure everything was covered in the past as well during that process that got added in. So if something yeah. goes astray and you get sued or something on the back end, you're then covered if they went through that audit. And just like you said, most people, the same way I was, you got your first policy, you're like, oh, thank God, I got insurance. It says legally I'm covered. It has nothing to do with anything that you're actually handling day to day, which means you'll end up suing either your insurance provider or just losing whenever something goes wrong. And too often, and like you said, too, the challenge is most times one of our contractors do that, it's just going to be they're going to lose. So, and it's, I've seen people get put out of business just because of that fact that they weren't actually covered. And at that point then, so if you don't have an entity, they're coming back against you personally. And that's where things like your house and your car and every asset that you own now becomes open for somebody to go ahead and recover. And that's the nightmare story that unfortunately does happen. It does, yeah. All right. So... What would you say is the one thing that differentiates you from your competitors? Actually, one of the biggest things I think that goes ahead and differentiates what we do. So is there's three things we're known for. And that's what I tell everybody. Our company's names are on time. All of our companies are on time, which means obviously I kind of got to be on time whenever you go ahead and advertise your name and your company's on time. We are always there (laughs) on time. And then you would, it's so shocking whenever people hear that, they're like, I, I had to call you. I've literally had people tell me, like, if you call yourself on time, I knew I had to call you because we knew you were going to show up. And they're exactly right. That's why I put that out there. If you've got enough balls to put that on the name, guess what? So we show up and we're supposed to be there. And that's for all meetings, not just the initial meeting. That's all meetings. And that is company policy on our end. So I expect to be there actually 10 to 15 minutes ahead of time in most cases. 
So we're known for our customer focused experience. So which means customer service is huge to us. So, and we really have processes and procedures. We've got so many different processes and procedures that are named so that we have in place to go ahead and take care of our homeowners and make sure they get the best possible piece. We've got a project coordinator that works with them in the beginning that walks them through the process of making all their design selections. So it takes care of all of that. So we've got processes where they hand off from me to my project managers. So whenever we get started with the project and everything like that, and we've got, we have a diamond certification that we do at the end, which is our walk on the end. So where we actually walk through and make sure everything's done the way they wanted it done. And then our guarantee, so this is the third thing we're known for, is the results. So I will guarantee the results and our homeowners are going to be happy with it. So or we go ahead and make it that way. So before we finish the project, there's no question about it. So that's what we're known for. So I was going ahead and that. Like and that's the one thing that on we hear plate. all the time. So. Sounds like a lot on your plate. Is there... Ever a story where someone's not happy and then they're like just bitching at you? <laughs> oh, you always get home. Oh, I've like, got, what do you yeah, do there's always nightmare stories. There's no question about it. I've got one that she's never happy. And it's funny because and now this, this is one of those big ones that whenever you hear it, literally she started the job. She hired me and a designer brought me in. He's like, this lady really needs help. I'm going to bring you in because I think this is a great project for you. I'm like, all right, perfect. So, and I have a lot of designers that refer things to me. So I went in, everything seemed really good. So we started down the project, so got permits, then she fired the architect. And it was the architect's fault. So two months later, she fired the designer. So because the designer wasn't giving her what she wanted, so and it was the designer's fault. Oh yeah. Well, then we're getting to the end of the project and now she's fighting with me with how the results are. So there's always a homeowner so that's a nightmare like that. And it's like the only thing that happens. And if you look across the board, she did a couple of things on her own where she decided I want to get the cabinets in myself. I want to do the countertops myself. So what are the two areas in the project that held up the project? The cabinets and the countertops given. Anytime a homeowner thinks I'm going to go ahead and do this myself because it'll save me money. It might, and I do say might, because usually they'll end up at, by the time they're done spending more money doing it, it will always cost them time because you're a one-off with whoever that supplier is. So whereas I've got leverage, my guys work for me. They know that I'm feeding their families. So guess who shows up on my job sites whenever I go ahead and call? So there are a few other tricks that I go ahead and do to get them there faster too. But that's one of the big things that happens is people don't realize that. And I understand that might seem like you're going to do that, but if it costs you an extra two months, of either having to live with us in your house in construction or if you're out of the house having to stay somewhere else, the money you saved is gone, guaranteed, outside of the frustration and aggravation that you feel. So, and everything that she did from that countertop company, that cabin company, literally everybody that I found out that she dealt with one-on-one, so she had a challenge with. So, so here's one of those key pieces, people. If you're looking at this, whether you're in business, whether you're a homeowner, no matter what it is, if you seem to have problems with everyone – Stop pointing the finger and look at the other three that are back here that are pointing at you because that Not might them. be the first place to take a look. <laughs> wow. And with that, uh, do you ever work any insurance claims? Like, you know, you end up, I've seen guys get clients like that because they didn't get to pick their client because there was devastation to the home. They started working and then realized after they were already in it that, hey, this is how the client is and they wish they could backstep, but it was too late. Is that something you've ever worked in as well? Or no, you only go after your targeted clients of, you know, high end luxury, that sort of things. You get the same thing on the high-end luxury because they'll call you if they've got a claim. So, and that's usually it. Now, you don't get it where I don't have insurance companies call me because I don't work for insurance companies. I've had too many times where even whenever I go in, it's like, I can't believe what's going on with the insurance company and the homeowner for what they're actually being told. So, literally have a house right now that we've been working with the homeowner since, it has to be since January or February, whenever we started working with them, putting pricing together in their house. And we sent in a, what we were going to be able to do the project for. It was a little under $120,000 is what we were going to be able to do the project for because they had a leak in the house that took care of a lot of things. Unfortunately, they have multiple challenges respiratory. So there's a lot of things we have to do different in this house whenever we put it back together. I sent in my thing. The insurance company sat down with them with their adjuster. So the insurance company handed them the Xactimate, which you know is the software, Chris, that they go ahead and use. All the insurance adjusters go ahead and use and stuff like that. So they handed the Xactimate estimate back to my homeowner and said, this is what we're willing to pay. And then they brought their own contractor to the mediation. So, And our contractor is willing to do it for that. The contractor is out of the area. So we're talking three hours away from here. So if he's doing this project, he's got to set a crew up up here in hotels. So, And he's doing it for $65,000. So that's what they call me. And I'm like, Tiffany, I love you to death. And I do everything I can to help you. But at $65,000, I'm paying you to do this job. I said, and that just yeah. doesn't make sense. So I said, and there's no way that he's giving you what I'm giving you in this house. So in the way that we've talked about having to do it because of your allergies and things like that, I said, it's not possible. Mm. So there's no way. So that would be my challenge. So she ended up going back fighting with them. So she settled for them. And now we're getting ready to start the project. So I'm actually out there All on right. Thursday. 
So to go ahead and bring everybody else through it, to go ahead and finalize the numbers for what the actual scope of work is going to be. But we do okay. get them that way. I've got, in the last year, I've had probably four or five, which is more insurance um, cases than I usually end up getting people calling me. But a lot of it comes down to when people, when that happens, they start calling their friends and stuff like that. They're like, you can take care of this. So I'm getting known for that piece. And again, as long as the insurance company is willing to pay for it, that's fine. I don't drop my prices. So it's still the same thing. We provide the same quality, the same service. So we expect to be compensated fairly for it. That's it. Yeah. I've actually got a new contact now that may be worth connecting you with because he runs through and reads these policies and makes sure that it's getting maxed out by the insurance company, meaning the insurance company is going to fix everything humanly possible there for the client. And he makes sure to enforce it or help enforce it. So maybe somebody worth connecting to just because it's pretty neat what all we miss because the insurance world just sticky and gritty and it's a, it's kind of mostly just bullshit anyways, but you know, and it's the part that most homeowners don't realize. And I even like, even for myself, so it's one of those things where whenever it happens, you think the insurance company's on your side, they're going to take care of you because you've been paying them all this money for all these years, whether it's homeowners insurance or car insurance, they're a business realize they're out for number one. And that number one is the company. It has nothing to do with their client. It has nothing to do with the person that they're the homeowner they're supposed to be taking care of. And they're going to do whatever they need to do. So I had the same thing with an auto accident recently where it's the same piece. The insurance company, I called them and I'm like, hey, the other insurance company's reaching out to me and wants me to make a statement. So should I be going ahead and say anything to them or not? So, and they're like, you need to do whatever you need to do. So like, they weren't talking to me at all one way or the other. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. So that's fine. I've, Got my own insurance. I've got my own lawyers and things like that. So if I need to do it. So at those points, you've got to realize never, ever late. They always tell you, the police tell you, you have the right to remain silent. Shut up whenever you're talking to anybody as far as insurance (laughs) goes. So only answer the questions you have to answer. And a lot of times that isn't most of them. That's it. So what is the biggest challenge facing the building industry in the next few years? That's an interesting question. And I've been calling this one actually for probably, I want to say five years now. One of the biggest challenges that we see, and it's, Chris has run into this a little bit is what it sounds like, is finding new contractors. So new people to come in and work in your jobs because there's just not enough people out there. We did, I'm 52 now. So whenever I was in high school, so the big thing was you've got to go to college. It's the only way you can be successful. So is what happens. Unfortunately, everybody bought into it. So including me at that time. So, and the challenge is, there's a lot of people at that point who you had different paths so you can get into the trades. And they were, talked about that. And that was a good thing for certain people to do just because it was up their alley. And then they got to the point where they're getting pushed and pushed and pushed. So what they did is no one went into the trades. So if you look around now on most of the crews, like most of the crews that I have on site, you've got the experienced guys that have been doing this for 20 or 30 years, sometimes even longer. And if you're lucky, you've got one person under the age of 30 on that crew. So within the next five to 10 years, prices in this industry people think it's high right now it's nothing wait that five to ten years so prices are going to skyrocket so and you're not going to have a choice so if you're looking for a plumber and all the older plumbers have retired and it's just the younger guys the younger guys are going to figure this out real fast so my other tip would be oh, yeah. so if you want to buy businesses buy businesses in the trades buy an electrician business buy a plumbing business buy an hvac business those are things that no matter what's going on in the market so you will make money. We live in Florida. You guys live in Bama. So whatever it comes down to, it, if it's hot out in the summertime, I guarantee you, you're going to find money for the HVAC company no matter what else is going on. So oh, it's yeah. going to get fixed. Always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Constantly that, breaking. Yes. Yeah. So that's the big thing that most people just don't realize. And with that, that cost is going to go up and up and up. And that's what people right now, but some people that tell me, hey, we're going to wait till the insurance rates or the interest rates go down before we go ahead and do our renovation. I'm like, well, number one, you know, six to seven percent really isn't that high historically. Everyone's got real spoiled when it was down to two and a half to three percent. So it's a lot higher than that. But this rate is not bad. The challenge is if you're waiting for that to happen while you're waiting, more and more people are retiring out of the industry. So while you think you're going to save money doing something later on, you're not because the labor price is going to get higher and higher and higher. And you're going to have fewer and fewer people. It's going to take longer and longer to get projects done just because there won't be enough people. And literally one of the things that's going to happen, all the people who think, oh, yeah, I can go ahead and do this on my own. I'll reach out to these people. You're not going to be able to because most of my guys don't work retail. They only work for people like me, like contractors. They will not go out and work retail just because they don't want to deal with it. It's easier to work with me. I handle all the customer side of things. They just show up, do their stuff, and they roll out and they get their check. That's all they want to do. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's going to happen. And I so agree with that. Yeah, if you get in this industry, it's going to be great. Yeah, I don't like to deal with the customer side either. I started out as a contractor and realized I am not very customer oriented. I could tell them, F <laughs> off, it's done, pay me, I'm leaving. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
I was over it. And with exactly what you're saying, with the labor prices going to keep increasing because we are. We've got only like two guys under the age of 30 that work for us right now. Yep. And we are now dedicating eight hours a week to finding and vetting new contractors. Because if not, yeah. we will have just stalled out projects. There's no way around right. it. So a full eight it. hours, you, a full you, day per week calling and vetting. And that's what people don't realize is how much extra time that takes for us to do that. And it's like on my end as a contractor and your end as a real estate investor, because that means if we're doing that, that means the people who would be out in your case finding deals or in my case going ahead and, and getting pricing out on projects are stopping what they're doing because they have to get more people in the door. And it's the only way that it's going to happen. And it's unfortunate because there's such an opportunity. That's why I tell everybody that's young. Like my daughter works in my business. So she's 21. I've already told her. So as long as you go ahead and you work really hard in this, you can go ahead and learn this and you'll have a great life and lifestyle from going ahead and doing this as long as you're okay with the work it is. And and for us on our side, our side's a lot of managing. So it's not like she has to do a whole lot of physical stuff. You know, and that's what I've got someone yeah. else that's driving driving me around now, and that's what I've told him too. I'm like, Mason, you get into this. There's a huge opportunity here. Now, if you really want to do this, I said, because there are so few people your age coming in. And literally, like with all of my contractors, there's one person on almost every crew that's under 30. Everybody else is way over 40, 45. So guaranteed. And it's yeah. just it's gonna be interesting, is what we see. And it's what people start talking about AI and robots and stuff like that. It's like, you know what? Some of that stuff you might be able to bring in to new construction stuff into renovations it's going to take a longer time if you want to be one of the safest places to go ahead and weather ai construction's it there's no ifs ands or buts about it that is for sure there's it's going to take a real intelligent robot to take somebody's place doing that stuff yes it's a rough world yep that's exactly and and being able to recognize all the different pieces parts how everything goes together so what the challenges are if you go ahead and remove the wrong thing and it'll be a little while before that i'm not saying it won't but yeah it's exactly yeah yeah (laughs) So what would you say your opinion of the revenue? Oh my God. Why can I say that word? Renovation. Renovation TV shows is. This is one of the things that Alice, my fiance loves to have on the TV every once in a while, whenever we're on, especially over on the weekends and stuff like that. And I'll walk out of my office and it's like, she just, she sees my face just get red because whenever I'm standing there, this is one of the worst things for the construction industry ever. It's great for homeowners. It's fun TV to watch. But realize whenever I look at those things, there's so many different pieces. And I know, Kat, you know about this as far as reality TV goes with your family. So where the line for truth is, so whereas what actually is going on, the challenges, like what they do for pricing and stuff like that, there's no way you could ever hit that price. I love it. Homeowners will be like, oh yeah, we can go ahead and do this whole thing. It's only going to take like three weeks. We're going to totally gut our house. So bring it back. So it's only going to cost me $50,000. I'm like, I can't even get the demo done for the 50 grand that you're talking about in the size of a house. So let alone do the whole project. So, and it's like, I just, I go crazy when they're doing that. And the fact that's short time frame though so, there used to be one that was oh what was it i know the guy's name is ty but they used to go ahead and in a week they would literally go ahead and knock a house down build it back in a week so and then have the homeowner back in it and i'm like and homer's like you can't move that fast i'm like if you give me three months ahead of time to go ahead and plan it out and your all of your neighbors are okay with us working 24 7 so and everybody donates all their stuff, like which is what you're getting on all those shows. I'm like, I can get you done for that without a challenge. But we're gonna be in it for and this is the part they don't realize for the next two months after that, punching everything out because it doesn't it looks good, but it's not good. So they they get the nice look for the TV, so that everyone goes, ooh and ah, and then the challenges after that, you actually have to live there. So now you gotta punch it out yeah. and make it right and everything like that. So yeah. So those shows drive me crazy them. and they kill on the homeowner side of things when you're talking to them because they think that that's reality. So I'm like, yeah, as you know, Kat, there's nothing real about reality TV. It's a show. It's got to have drama. Like all the ones you see in there, especially all those fix and flip ones. So for the real estate investors, if my crews had that many challenges and were giving me that many issues, they would not be there. We would not be having a fight. So they'd have been fired years ago. So that's what it comes down to. Oh, so yeah. all that stuff that you see, I do not like drama on my sites. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It's still going to happen occasionally, but not like what they show there. Oh, man. They're glorifying it, and it's fake. It's all yeah. fake. It's a TV show. That's literally what yeah. it is. It's for entertainment it's purposes only. Yeah. So, yeah. Back in my uh, contracting days, I had a homeowner one time leave the house as I started the project, come back about an hour later, and like to the shocking point to drop her keys, like, you're not done yet? The episodes right. only last 30 minutes. I, I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Oh, wait, did she say that? I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. She was it like, happens. and the house was just like, she left, I ripped apart the house, and now she's back. I was like, oh God. 
Yeah. It's, they'll That's come crazy. in and they're like, when do we break out the sledgehammers to do the demo? I'm like, if my guys ever walk in a house with a sledgehammer to demo a kitchen, they're getting fired immediately. That is not going to happen. That's not the way you take it apart. You do more damage that way than you do good. But whenever you're doing a, a renovation like that, and that's again, it's all the I all the fun honest, TV I've stuff. Definitely, so. I've definitely put on a ski mask and cranked a chainsaw and went through a house cutting stuff. But <laughs> it's a different, different <laughs> well, ballgame. If it's one of your fixing flips, things. Chris, you can do whatever you want. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody well. heard that comment about the reality TV show to Cat. Uh, her family got featured on Nanny 911 back in the day, so maybe Thank you can look you. it up and find it. Thank you for that. I just want everybody <laughs> to see it. It's, it's a little cat. Make Four. sure to put comments down below whenever you find the Nanny 911 and see Cat in that. <laughs> so she's pretty good. <laughs> it's not on Netflix anymore. Oh, it isn't? You can find you it on YouTube, though, I guess. You have to pay for it now, actually. Oh, really? do you? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Do you still get affiliate? <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> wow you should talk to him about that i should keith so a problem with all these people in your industries even the homeowners probably need to understand the process but how do you manage multiple projects and all this and all your different subcontracting stuff without getting overrun right this is a constant problem with you know even said the real estate investing world and the homeowners need to know that whenever they're vetting out a contractor because if not they may be getting a great contractor who's got bad procedures in place and all of a sudden they end up with crap work because that was the maximum threshold that contractor could handle it's one of the big things that people ask me and this is there's a difference in contractors there's contractors especially on the renovation side that it's them and a couple of guys and they do all the work which is perfectly fine you just have to realize if that's the type of contractor that you're talking to they're only going to be able to handle a certain number of projects and you have to ask them when you can get fit in because so, if they tell you, oh, yeah, well, I'll be able to start right away in this. Well, I say in Florida and may not be this way everywhere, but in a lot of places right now, it still is. If they tell you they can start next week, get worried. So because there's no way that can happen right. with most of them. So it just doesn't happen for the yep. people that are really good. They're busy and they've got a book of business. Now, the way I do my business is a little bit different because everybody that I've got subcontractors, which means I actually can get started faster. So because of the fact that I just need to slot in typically the demo people. So for the demo crew is what I've got to get slotted in, then everybody else gets slotted in after that. But it, the processes and procedures are key. So and it, it's gonna, it does multiple things. It determines how much you're going to pay, how quickly that project's going to go, and what the results are going to be at the end of that. So and you want to know, and I asked that question, like I've got one of the things I've got, so is a book for homeowners. So it's the top 10 questions you want to ask contractors. So, And whenever you put that out there, that's one of the things I say is find out what their processes are. If they're unable to give you a process so and spell it out, so get worried because that means they don't have one. So if they can't yeah, go ahead and tell you what it is like You're that. giving away free access to? Yes. All right. Is so, yeah, you can definitely attach a link or something to that. Yes, Chris. <laughs> like, like it's, it's cool. It, we will add that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Glad oh. you're involved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris just shows up, so I'd say he's That's the pretty face, but you're not Chris. Cat's the pretty we face. We exposed so. him, like you exposed me. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yeah, that's a great tip. I've never explained it that way to someone, but that's exactly what I'm internalizing when I'm talking to these contractors is understanding if they're going to wait for John because John's their primary guy, and if John can't move far enough, they're never going to finish the project because John's yeah. bouncing around. Or if mm-hmm. they sub out different trades and have a process to keep these guys going and in an order. And yeah. do you have paperwork you fill out with your subcontractors to say, hey, this is whenever you get paid. Once you complete these two things, then you can get a partial payment. And the deadline is this. And if you pass that deadline, we start chopping down on what you're getting paid or anything like that. Like, what do you, what type when of you do, do you have there? There's a little bit different. There's commercial and there's residential. Commercial has a lot of those hard deadlines where when you miss them, there is a penalty behind it. And a lot of times for them, if you go, if you get done earlier, you actually get a bonus. Right. So, because I have the same things, I have homeowners that come to me and they're like, "Well, I want a deadline piece in here that if you don't hit it, you start losing money on it." I'm like, "That's perfectly fine. I'm going to name the deadline." So before we start the project, I'll name what the deadline is going to be. But since you're going to go ahead and, and crack on me, I want extra money whenever I finish ahead of time. So this, you know, that which to me is fair. If I can bring you in faster, mm-hmm. so and still give you the results that you were looking for, so I should be able to get a bonus for that if I get it done faster for you. So I've done that multiple times, but with my contractors on the residential side, that's less common as far as being able to hit those types of things like that. Now, I always, this is the way I always look at it when I do my scheduling. I always ask the guys when they come in the house, how long is this going to take? So to do whatever phase. So like for my plumbers, electricians, HVAC, they've got what we call the rough in, which is all the stuff that's hidden by the walls and the drywall and nobody ever really sees. So it was the first part. 
So, and after they finish the rough in, they get a certain percentage of their money on the overall contract. So then whenever they finish their trim out, they get the balance of that. And I'll usually, my guys have been with me for over a decade. So I don't worry about them coming back for punch out. Whenever I first started, I held a little bit, which is what they call retainage until they come back and punch everything out if it needs to be taken care of. So, and that all varies by trade. So, cause it all varies on what the actual cost is on what they're doing. Cause some of them have a whole lot of materials on the rough inside of things and very little on the trim. So they actually look to collect more on the rough inside of things because they need to pay that portion of it off is what they do like my plumbers right now i think are i want to say they're 80 20 so is how their stuff goes so for what they do for me because of the fact but again i've been using them for over a decade so i've got zero challenge paying chris i know he'll take care of me on that side of things but there's other ones that go like 50 50 so is what they're doing i've got something to go 50 40 10 so on that side of things so it all varies and whenever i ask them when they come in it's like all right how long is it going to take you to do this so and they're always like all right it's going to take me four days to go and do this all right great so i'm going to go ahead and schedule the next guy on this date so, and they're going to be in here, which you have to be out of the house for them to be in the house. Can I go ahead and do that? So you find out right away. And actually, here's a secret. The owner of the company is always going to tell you one thing because the owner of the company always thinks it's going to get done 12 times faster than what it ever will. So when the guys actually hit the field for the first day, I go to whoever the lead guy is and I'm like, Hey, so-and-so said it's only going to take you this many days to go ahead and do this. So is that right? So, and they, they either look at me and go, yeah, we're going to hit that. Or they look at me and they just start laughing. So whenever I get the laugh, so the first question I ask is, all right, when am I really going to be able to move to the next phase? And that's one of the keys. So, And I do the same thing. Trust me. I, I lay out the deadlines. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen way faster than what's going to happen. So it doesn't happen that fast. That, that's the ideal. If everything hit perfectly, you didn't find any snags in the process. So now that, And everything just rolled, it would hit that way. And never. It's construction. Very rarely. I won't say it never, but rarely does it actually hit that perfectly. So that or you don't budget. have any issues at all. Yeah. Or always just deadlines and budgets. Yeah. Well, uh, actually budgets, and that's actually one of the things that we do different because Kat asked that question earlier. So many contractors, whenever they come in, do estimates. They'll literally tell you it's an estimate. So whenever I come in, the, one of the big differences is like I, tomorrow, I've got a million dollar renovation that we're looking at over in, on the coast. So that we're going over there and I bring all of my crews out that are doing the heavy lifting, like a lot of the project itself. They come out and they actually look at what the conditions are, site conditions right now. So, and what the plans are, where there's blueprints are already drawn up, engineered and everything of what it's going to be. So then whenever they come out, provided we don't find anything, which is where the part where Chris says, when you get over budget, when you start opening things up, you find things that you were never expecting. But as long as nothing happens, so they actually give me numbers and that's a quote. So like, as long as nothing happens, my homeowner doesn't go ahead and change their mind and do something different, or we don't find something we weren't expecting at all. So that number is the number. So, and that's what I give is I give quotes. And that's what I tell my homeowners. I said, most of the people you talk to are going to give you an estimate. I said, which is the scary part. I said, because the estimate is a ballpark. It might be this number. Whenever we get done, it might not be this number. Whenever we get done, I said, that's where your challenge is. And then we build into our contracts. Another thing we build in a 5% or 10%, depending on the homeowner. And I ask them what they want, either a 5% or 10% contingency into the contract that helps take care of those things. Cause whenever they get the quote, they look at it and they go, all right, this is what it's going to be. So they wrap their head around how much it's going to be, but I've got that cushion in there. So if we do find something that we weren't expecting, they've already got that money spent in their heads and allotted. It doesn't create a big challenge. So whereas yeah. if you don't have it in there now, it's that like the thing you see on TV, you got to come up with another $25,000 right now. So do you want to do this or not? So No, I just go and say, hey, we got this in the contingency. So this is why we put this in the contingency. So we cover these types of things whenever they happen because we know they're going to happen. So got it. that's if you don't, if your contractor doesn't do that, do it yourself, add that in so that you've got that piece. So whether you're an investor or whether you're a homeowner, either way, just figure that. Cause then in your head, you already have wrapped your, you've wrapped your mind around and you're like, all right, this is what it's going to run. If it comes in less than that, that's one of the great things with my quotes. Everything we do is cost plus, which means that whatever my guys charge me, whatever we pay for materials. So is the cost. And then the plus is our management and consulting fee is what I call it. So we put that right on top. It's very open for all of my homeowners. There's no guessing as to what it is or how much money I'm making in this process. So you always know if they ever want to see invoices, I can show them invoices of this is what it did cost. And I will literally on my last draw, I've actually written checks for $20,000 back to my homeowners. So because of the fact that they didn't need to go ahead and use all the money that was in the contract. So yeah, pretty good feeling awesome. whenever you get a $500,000 renovation done and a $20,000 check back in your hands. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So with me as a real estate investor, we just ended up where we only take labor quotes and we end up having to get all of our materials and stuff because these guys, 
beat us up at supply houses, returning materials and, and dumb little things in our lower scale homes that mm-hmm. the only way to avoid it is once you actually tracked everything out, we were losing you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars by the end of the year. Yeah. With these guys just going in and out, taking materials, jipping this here and there. So that's the obvious difference there where, where you've got everything handled for the homeowner and but you're very transparent with it. People need to be aware that all contractors are not made like that where they're gonna show you the open numbers. Most contractors are not made like that. They don't want to deal with that. They want to go ahead and have that number hidden. So I'm one of the few that I know does this. I've coached other contractors and coached them on doing it this way. They're like, no, nah, I'm not doing it that way, man. It's not going to happen. I'm like, I so said, again, it's another distinguishing factor in this industry is whenever I'm like that, they're like, all right, well, he tells us literally everything that's going on in the house. We can trust him. And that's what most people don't realize is whatever industry you're in, you're not in whatever that industry is. Most of the time you're in customer service. So is what you're in. So I'm in creating a result for my customer. And that's what I tell my contractors all the time. It has nothing. You may think you're the plumber. You're not. You're here to serve the customer. So take care of them. And the other side of it will be taken care of for sure. So and there's no question about that. And that's how we approach the business is I take care of my customers. I get so many that the great majority of my business comes straight from referrals. So whether it's from happy homeowners, whether it's from designers, whether it's from realtors that we've worked with over the years and have done projects with. So with our homeowners, the majority of my stuff at this point comes that way, which means that I get to pick and choose the the projects that I want to take on, which is nice that I've gotten to that point. I mean, that's happened with a lot of hard work. So and some really great crews to be able to go ahead and deliver the results we're looking for. And that is how that works, though, is that you go ahead and get that out there. You deliver the right thing. And it's all if you take care of the customer, the money will always follow. And that's what so many people get so concerned with what the money is. There's been times on jobs where I've gone ahead and I haven't made the profit percentage that I wanted to go ahead and make. Yet that homeowner turned into my biggest advocate. So because there was a challenge and I took care of the challenge, and even if the challenge came out of my pocket, so they raved about it. And I've had hundreds of thousands of dollars. So come out of some of those, those things that I've taken care of that way. So that money came back in multiples. And that's the part that so many contractors never look at. Wow. Well, hopefully everybody's got to hear a lot about your, I guess, your day-to-day. And they don't know everything about Keith Mills. You know, Keith is actually a coach and he's one of my coaches as well through some training programs I'm involved with. And, you know, Keith, you've got some tips and tricks. Like, I don't know how in the world you wake up so freaking early every day. Do you have some sort of morning routine or something? Yeah, we got to know. I want to (laughs) know. Like, it's such a problem. And I just know Keith is already up. Keith is already up. Like, that's all I know each day. Well, I don't know if you actually think that, but I do. I wake up at 6 o'clock, and even now I'm like, Keith has been up for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Keith is already in the field at 6 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's funny because I had this conversation with Paige, who's my daughter, and Mason, who's the young person working for me now, the young guy who just started working for me. And I had that because they're like so many people are. And it's funny because I had this, one of my homeowners was literally having this conversation with Mason the day before. So, but yet this morning we're standing at a job site and we're having a conversation like Paige slept in this morning. Well, she didn't have to be anywhere. So she lucked out because there wasn't an inspection there or anything she had to be at first thing. So, and Paige is very honest and very forthcoming with everything, um, which is awesome. I love that as my daughter and as an employee. Uh, There's no question about it. But she's like, she told me about that. And I'm like, so the one thing that I tell all of you all of the time So is get up at the same time every day, weekday or weekend, because the challenge that happens with most people is for people who have a job, they go and work the job. So Monday through Friday, and it's like Saturday and Sunday, you know, I'm going out Friday night and I'm having a party and I'm going and doing all this stuff, but I'm not going to sleep in then the next day and end up wasting half of that day. Well, the challenge is your body doesn't adjust well. So it's all about discipline. You do the same thing, the same routines. And that's how I end up going ahead and doing. And that's why like, I wake up the majority of the days, I won't say all days, but the majority of the days I wake up before my alarm even goes off. So because my body's conditioned to wake up at that time. And that's what I was telling them this morning. I'm like, when you do this every day, no matter what, whether it's the weekend or not, I said, you don't have that. If the alarm doesn't go off, because that's what happened. Her power went out. So their phones didn't charge. So their alarms didn't go off is what ended up happening because we had that's storms. That's the best through excuse ever. I've used that one so yeah. many times. Yeah. <laughs> so what time do you wake up? I get up at 3.15 in the morning every day. I thought it was 3.30. That makes it no. worse. <laughs> so what do you do at 3.15 in the morning? Get up and I go ahead and I work out. So it was one of the first things that I do. So go ahead and read. I actually pray. Some people meditate. So it depends what works for you. So that type of thing. So I get the chance then to actually go ahead and set my intention for the day. As opposed to so many people wake up and it's like boom, 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 straight out the door and off to work. So they're off to whatever their business is and doing stuff. And they have no time for themselves and no time to collect themselves. 
by the time I get to that point, I've already had focus time to do things. I'll do my social media in the morning before I leave typically. So I go ahead and do my postings on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. So that's usually when oh, that's done. Oh, you're not recording at six o'clock, are you? I'm not recording. No. Like okay. if I've done videos like, and stuff like that, or I've shot job sites, your that stuff's already done. done. It's your just hair's in the not phone. done yet. Yeah. Well, there's no way I'd be shooting at that time in the morning. Alice is not getting up at that time of the morning to go ahead and record me. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Alice um, records you? Yeah. When I do my videos, where I do my talking head videos, Alice is the one that records all those videos. Yeah. She's the one that's, that's actually oh, You don't have a tripod board. already? I do. So I literally have the ring light with the little tripod thing that holds the camera and stuff like that. But, but I like having her there because part of what it ends up doing for me is someone else is listening. So I don't have to go back and listen to all these videos and find out, A, I went too fast. B, I went too long because I can watch her because I can see the panic look show up on her face <laughs> as I'm getting near 90 seconds. And she doesn't know whether I'm going to finish yet or not. She's like, I don't think you're going to. And I can say I always tell her, I'm like, don't say anything. I said, I see it in your eyes already. I said, don't worry about it. I can wrap it up like that. I said, just don't say anything. Just keep going. <laughs> Her face is... <laughs> yeah, that's okay, what... Eyes get big. Yeah, exactly. So she's like, I don't want to have to record this again. <laughs> I interrupted you. So what happens at 6 o'clock? What? Oh, by 6 o'clock for me? I'm out in the field. So that means that I... Like, well, I leave my house at 5.45 every... Well, actually, between 5.30 and 5.45, depending on where I'm going. Every I'm day. I'm not even awake by then. I'm trying at that time, though. I've heard my first uh, alarm, and I'm pissed off at it. It has hit snooze. That, hold on. There, right there, that part that you just said right there is the key. So set your alarm for the time that you want to get up and just get up. It's like Paige does you the same what thing. I've been doing? What's that? I've been putting it across the room. So it's you have to get up. It's super aggravating for me. But then now, now, yeah, yeah. All right. So are you up before she is, Chris, or is she up before you are? I, well, if her phone's across the room, I'm up just telling her to get up. <laughs> That's get what I was going to say. So you're waking Chris up is what it boils down to. Yeah. yeah. Well, we usually will wake up at the same time. Yeah, as soon as the coffee makes it, I can smell the coffee, then I start trying to move. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> then I'll start trying to move. Yeah. So, but for me, that's the, like with Paige, when she was growing up and she used to live here, I'd be in my office in the morning doing stuff and I'd hear her alarm. She's one of those people where she would set the phone alarm. She'd set one, then she'd set one for three minutes later. She set another one for two minutes after that and another one for like five minutes after that. And each one of them, she snoozed. So I'm sitting in the office. I, there'd be mornings I'd go there. I'm like, turn off your alarm so and get up. So it's just where it's at. I'm like, either get up or don't get up. Don't play this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's it, yeah. like, it's one of the, the secrets that we've got. If you don't get up, that alarm doesn't do anything for you. That nine minutes of extra sleep that you get on a snooze does zero for you. It actually, most people will make them more tired. So it's actually what it does. So set it that way. Now, the reason why I get up is because I'm usually have so many things in my head that I want to go ahead and get onto. So that's what it is. So I'm excited to get after the day. So, and that's why I wake up. It's like, all right, you know what? And it's, I don't want to miss a minute. It's one of the reasons why, like you guys know, well, actually with, you know, a couple weeks ago, whenever we were at, at your sister's wedding, so things like that, I was actually out to way late, which never happens with me. You both know that I'm usually in bed early and I was still up early in the morning. So that's just the way that is. So as I won't miss it, cause there's so many things that I want to go ahead and take care of. There's so many opportunities in my life. So in so many ways that I can affect people, I don't want to miss any opportunity or any minute that I've got. That was wow. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> so. Obviously, you have a lot going on in your life. How do you juggle your businesses and your relationships, especially with your fiance? The biggest things that I end up doing in that case, and it's one of the things actually I learned from your father, who's one of my mentors, is that you learn to schedule things in your calendar. And that means even like those things like Alice and I have every Saturday night is date night. There's no question about it. So and instead of like a lot of people like I need to spend a ton of time with them. I always go for quality over quantity because if we're there and we've got quality time and we're focused on each other and we're actually, you know, in having conversations and discussing what we want to discuss and plans and, and having fun and that kind of thing, that's great. That's what I want. Like for that wedding we went to, for those four days that we were up there, I pretty much disconnected from the business. So I did a few things in the morning and that was it. And everything else was Alice and I were doing stuff, you know, or we were doing stuff with all of you guys and stuff like that. So that to me, that's quality time. And that doesn't happen all the time like that for that kind of quantity, but the quality time always does. And it's setting aside those pieces like that is what actually makes it all work. Because so many people think I have to go ahead and put hours and hours in. If you put in small focused times, they feel that just as much, if not more, than if you're both sitting there watching TV, not talking to each other and not paying attention to anything. So, but yeah. you've got to find out what works for whoever your partner is. 
and know what that is, it's a discussion is what it comes down to. Now, it's literally like whenever I started my businesses up was right after Alice and I had met. So it was whenever I started my business. And whenever I did that, I'm like, hey, we're, I'm going to go ahead and put focus time into this business. There's going to be times in the evenings and on the weekends and things like that where we're not going to be doing things because I'm focused on building what I'm building because I've got a huge vision. So on what I want to go ahead and create. And I'm like, I've got to have you be on board. So, and I said, if you're on board with that piece, then the thing is you get to do whatever you want to do, which gave her the option at that point to be able to leave the job that she had. And at that point, Paige was only six years old whenever we had first met. So that gave her the time to go ahead and be a mother and raise Paige and take care of her and show up at all the school functions and volunteer at school and all those kinds of things. But it's because we had a conversation about it. That's the thing most people don't have across their life, no matter what it is, whether it's about the financial side of things, whether it's about kids, whether it's about religion, whether it's about goals in the future, the things you want to go ahead and do, where you want to live, the big, the more you communicate, the better. So the way I always look at that, especially if both people are willing and open to communicate, that's where the key comes in. And that's, that would be one of the biggest things I would tell anybody. And that's whether it's a personal relationship like the two of you, so our Alice and I, or whether it's a business relationship, which is the same thing for the two of you, um, whenever you're going ahead and doing things, it's, you've got to be on that same page. You've got to be open to the communication. Doesn't mean you always like what's being talked about because you may not, you've just got to be open and willing to accept it. So. Chris, why are your eyes rolling, man? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <New topic. laughs> oh, that's a lot of great advice. Like always, Keith and, and I get to know Keith as a coach, as a friend, and also a savvy entrepreneur. And from everything that you've learned, I know you're still, you're in other masterminds. Like I know you've been working to learn how to pump out ads and different social media content things. And it's a lot of stuff that the listeners don't know you're involved with because it would take us like, you know, three days worth of going through yeah, exactly. life. To, We'd have to run you know, an event as opposed to an interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what would you say the key to be a, a successful business owner and entrepreneur is? Like there's got to be some sort of primary piece that you feed off of or that most people do. Yeah, there's... And when you ask me that question, I'd say there's probably three things so that are key. One of the biggest that I get recognized for a lot is the discipline that I've got. So, and it's you either you're going to pay one way, or you're going to pay another way with everything in life. So, is what it comes down to. So, when you've got the discipline, like for me working out in the morning, I would rather go through the pain of working out than if I don't work out, I know what the result of that's going to be years down the road. So, with my health. So, and that's going to be a much bigger debt to pay as far as that part goes. So I will work out now to avoid that challenge later on. That was one of the biggest things. So that's the discipline. And it's not about emotion. I don't feel like it most mornings when I get up to work out. I'm like, no, I don't want to work out this morning. It's what I do though. And it's how I identify myself. I work out every morning. I get up and I work out. So there's very few mornings in the week that I don't. Actually, during most weeks, I work out every day. When I'm traveling, there may be a day when I miss if it's a travel day because I get up. I travel early too, just like I get up early. Alice loves that much. But whenever we do that, there may be a day that I miss because of that because I always work out in the morning. My workouts are never in the afternoon. So it's always process or, or procedure for me to do that then. Me too. Yeah. So that discipline piece is one of the biggest keys so that you've got for that. The other thing is this is a journey. There's so many ups and downs to being an entrepreneur. And people look at it, they look at my life and they're like, you've got a great life. You have no idea what I put into this to go ahead and create what we create. And that's what most people are unwilling to sacrifice. Like I have that conversation with younger people all the time, though with Paige's friends, with Mason and his friends and things like that. It's like, it doesn't matter whether you, if some people, if they want to be an employee, that's the right move for them. So because they get to go in, they get to work. So they get the end of that time, they get to go home, they get to relax and do whatever they want to do. And that's just the life for them. So being an entrepreneur and making this success, there's so many ups and downs. You can ask Alice at least once a month I come home and I'm like, fuck it, I'm done. So we're selling this thing. I'm out. I'm firing everybody. I don't care. So that's what it comes down to. And that's part of the emotion that goes with this because I've got such passion. And when it's not getting delivered the way I want, I take it personally. So, and that's, while it's good, it can also be a challenge at times. And you've got to learn how to manage that piece, which is like for me with my personality, I've got to work out. Because if I don't work out, like at least that gets to burn off some of that energy. And there was a period of time where I didn't work out. Talk about frustrated. So I would love is like ready to kill everybody every day. That's what it came down to. So you've got to find the things that can help you release that stress. But realize it is the journey. You're going to have ups. You're going to have downs. And that's part of it. And the way I look at that now, so whenever I'm looking at that is God's testing you. So you tell him where you want to be. So And he's going to go ahead and say, all right, that's what you want. Then this is what you've got to be able to do to be able to get there. 
So you've got to be able to handle these kinds of challenges. You've got to be able to go ahead and manage this whenever it happens. You've got to take care of these employee issues. You've got to be able to get past this customer service issue. He'll put the new challenges in there to make you strong enough to be able to get to whatever level you want to get to. You're going to get tested. It's the only way to get there. So is to get stronger. It's just like working out. So you can go and say, yeah, I want to be buff. I want to have a six pack. I want to go ahead and have huge arms and huge legs. So the only way that's going to happen is dedication. So going in there and doing it every day, being okay with the ups and the downs whenever you're not seeing gains. So whenever you're not seeing things change, it's the same thing as an entrepreneur. There'll be times where you're doing it. It's like, I just keep doing this and it just doesn't show up. I just keep doing it. Social media is my biggest thing. I just keep doing it and it's not showing up yet. It drives me crazy. You know that cat. We've had that conversation multiple times. So it's like, I just keep doing it. I'm not seeing the numbers. The funny thing is though, this is the part that most people don't realize. Even when you're doing those things, it is working. You're just not seeing the results yet because there's so many times where I go out and see homeowners and even though there weren't comments or there weren't likes or anything on there, they're like, I watch you on social media. You wouldn't believe, I love what you do. That's the reason why we called you. So it's like, all right, well, that's that reward. And that's why you stay consistent doing everything and stay disciplined with it. And that's the part that most people miss. They'll want to hit it hard. And if it doesn't work, then let's go try something else. If you know this is the path and the way you find that out is the work with someone who's been down the same road before. They'll tell you how to get exactly where they've got. And that's what Chris was talking about earlier as far as coaching and mentoring. I do have mentors. I've always had for the last, it's got to be almost 20 years now. So I've had coaches and mentors that I work with. So, and that's on the business side of things. And it does make it easier. So, and you've got at least someone there that understands. So whenever you call whining and complaining because it isn't working out the way you want it to work out. So they smack you around a little bit until you get back in the game. It's just part of the process and you know it. So suck it up, buttercup, (laughs) and make it happen. And that's, that's what ends up coming. So those two pieces, that up and down in the journey and that discipline and the consistency of everything are what will create your success. And you've got to have a bigger vision. That's like for me, like I talk about getting up in the morning, it's the bigger vision. And the only way I ever get to that bigger vision so is to be able to go ahead and put the work in to keep pushing no matter what. And that big vision piece, it doesn't happen right off the bat. It's one of the biggest fallacies in the world today. Everyone's always like, yeah, you got to have your why. You got to know what you're doing. This, Yeah, great. If you do for the first 10 years of what I was doing, my why was I need to make some freaking money so I can go ahead and pay my bills and take care of my family. That was my why. <laughs> and yeah. it worked. All right. The big thing is, as you do that, though, it became apparent what my why was and the impact that I want to go ahead and have. And that's the thing I say is just keep going on the journey. Just keep taking the steps. The why will show up as long as you're taking the steps. Good enough for you. That was beautiful. (laughs) Our listeners couldn't see you cry. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I was expecting you to go ahead and cry, Kat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's been great. So, anything else? Any other questions you guys have or your listeners or viewers might have that you think they might want to know? I'm, I'm an open there will book. Be you guys know that. Questions that we'll have to jump on and do this again. Okay. Always happy to do that. And you know, I'm always happy to help you guys out. There's no question about that. I appreciate that, Keith. And I'm excited to read your book that you give to homeowners. I feel like it's going to be effective for me too, because even that one it question is. we went through was a uh, it was effective for what I do. I just didn't realize I internally do it. So that's awesome. That's the piece for so many people that once you become cognizant and aware of what you are doing. That's why I find that so many times where whenever I'm talking to other people or I'm listening to podcasts and things like that, it's like, they go ahead and explain. It's like, I do that, but I didn't realize I did that. And now that I'm aware of it, it's so much more effective. So, because now it's like, all right, I'm doing it with a purpose as opposed to just doing it. If you're aware of it. Correct. So, and that's one of the, for everyone, if you start, this is the funny part. Cause again, the young people that I've got in my life, the one thing I tell them, they're like, yeah, I'm done with school. Thank God I don't have to study and don't have to do anything. I'm like, if you stop learning at the age of 18 or the age of 21, 22, whenever you finish college, challenges are going to be big for you because the only thing you've got now is what you've learned to this point. And the world, as you both know, changes so quickly uh, that you're going to be behind the times faster than anything. You've got to consistently be learning. Now you get to actually choose what you want to read as opposed to being told what you're going to read, which is a good thing because like everything I read now, I've, I haven't read a fiction book and I couldn't even tell you one. Everything's nonfiction. Everything's about business. Everything's about strategies. Everything's about history. So in autobiographies and things like that, where you actually go ahead and find out how the successful people did what they did. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's what the journey is all about, man. I think the viewers will get a lot out of this conversation that we had, especially any of our homeowners. And we got some real estate guys listening to this and gals. So 
I hope they learn some things because it's a brutal battle on your first couple flips, mainly because of learning <laughs> how to deal with these contractors. So yeah. they better listen up because you know what to do. <laughs> Keith, where can they find you? So they can actually either place on Facebook or Instagram are the two easiest places to get a hold of me. So if you're on Facebook, so it's on time home reminders, on time home reminders. So it's the name. So the page that you go to there and on Instagram, it's just my name, Keith Meals. So just search that. So you can go ahead and find me there, direct message me anything you've got. I would say for the homeowners, well, one of the biggest things that happens, one of the biggest challenges, they have no idea how to start their projects. I've got a program called Remodeling Made Easy. So it actually maps all that stuff out. So it goes ahead and does it. It's great. For, it's actually great for even for real estate investors and things like that, because people don't know how to put all this together when they start out. Yeah, exactly. And it ends up being one of the biggest issues. That's awesome. So all that yeah. will be in the show notes. So, all right. Cool, cool. Glad we all agreed on that. <laughs> all right, Keith. Well, it's why, it's why you're there, Kat, to take care of us. him. So, yeah. I will. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> All right. Now we've got the question of, I know you had the raccoon for a little while. Where's the raccoon now? We traded it for some trim work. Okay. For some so trim work. For our, <laughs> for our listeners to be recapped on this, you tell the story. I wasn't even home. So we ended up with two baby raccoons that were motherless and we got them to start eating food and stuff and we kept them. We are taking care of them, and then I let one of my contractors keep them while we were leaving for a trip, and they fell in love with the raccoon. It became a pet. It went from a vicious, wild little beast to someone's almost like a cat now. And he's oh, like, really? do I have to give it back? That's awesome. Please, can I keep it? I'm like, okay, man. It's yours. You keep the coon. <laughs> but Keith, our dog is going to be born in like 48 hours. <laughs> so what kind of dog are you getting? A teacup poodle. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, geez. So this is something cat's going to be carrying around forever. I had a friend, one of my high school friends, they had a standard poodle, then they had the miniature poodle, and then they had the teacup. So I've seen them that size. They're literally like tiny. How big are they? I mean, they're small. They're, you know, like this. So it's small. You'll be able to carry it around forever, cat. So as far as that part goes. Which means, Chris, now when you travel, it's you, cat, and the teacup poodle. So I actually gave him an option the other day. I was like, we don't have to get the dog. It's going to be a lot of responsibility. It's like having a baby. And he was like, no, you want it. We're getting it. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want that. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it won't quite fit. Maybe your pockets, Chris, but not in cat's pockets. I know that I'll fit in there. (laughs) Yeah, in your purse. Well, now I get Here's the whole investment part of this, Chris, that you haven't realized yet. So you think kids have a lot of stuff. There is a literally a multi-billion dollar industry around pet items. And they may be very happy now to see cat going ahead and getting a dog because now it'll be another half billion on top of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Matching oh. sweaters. All right, Keith. Well, this was fun. <laughs> oh, it depends on which side you're looking at this from, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll let uh, you go <laughs> alright you guys have a great night thanks a lot I appreciate it no problem bye Take bye care, see you next time Yep. thanks everybody for staying tuned I hope you learned some things from Keith he's a great business owner entrepreneur who's already been through the journey someone great to mentor under and learn some things from Especially if you're inside the construction field or homeowner or real estate investor, he knows his stuff about handling the rehabs and flips and that sort of thing. And it looks like we are closing out. Cat, tell him something good. <laughs> I will tell you that you can follow us on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. And we post every single Friday. So we will see you guys next week. Bye. See ya.